Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brighton Krumah. Reverend Brighton Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. We thank you, Lord, for a great opportunity to sit under your feet, to be fed. We pray, Lord, that you give us a prepared heart, a heart that receives seed and brings forth fruits. This afternoon, Lord, let your spirit take over. I avail myself as a vessel of the Lord Jesus. Fill me with your spirit and let the anointing of God speak through me in the name of Jesus. Let your word go forth and let it not return to you void. But let it accomplish the purpose, the reason for which you send it. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and sit on top of your enemies one more time. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, this afternoon, I want us to continue with our message that we began last week. This season that we are in is our feeding 527 season. This is feeding 527 and worldwide in the United Denomination, there is a period in a year when it is set aside that we take one of our prophet's books and we share from it. So anywhere in the world that you will go today, if you decided you would have gone to another UD branch, you are going to hear the same message. And I think that is a great blessing. Now, I want to explain to you, for those of you who were not here last week, why we have a feeding 527. And it's from the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 27. So if you can project that, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 27. It says, I charge you, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 27. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 27. It says, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 27. Amen. Amen. Now I believe there are some holy brethren here. I said there are some holy brethren in the house of the Lord. Wonderful. Now God is charging us That an epistle, this is a letter that Paul wrote to the, the church in Thessalonica. And when he wrote that letter, he wrote it to the pastor of the church. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? The letter, I mean, when you write a letter, unless you make several copies, it is usually addressed to one person. Now, that was not a time where a letter could be written and many copies could be made. There were no photocopies. So it was one letter that he wrote to the pastor of the church. And then he charged the pastor by the Lord. He says, I charge you by the Lord 
that this epistle or this letter be read unto all the holy brethren. Read it aloud in church. Amen. Amen. And based on this scripture, we also, by the grace of God, we are blessed with uh, an apostle. We are blessed with a prophet who has written many books. And many, many people are benefiting from his books. Many people's lives are being transformed. Their ministries are being transformed. This morning I was listening to um, one of the Healing Jesus campaign messages from um, Swaziland. And a pastor during the, um, one of the pastor's conference, a pastor in Swaziland who had never met the bishop before came to give such a powerful testimony. And he said he laid in ha- his hands on one of the books, mega church. He laid his hands on one of the books. Some pastor blessed him with that book, and that book transformed his life and transformed his ministry. It changed him completely. And then he says he was eating the book so much that he was going from page to page. It's as if you didn't want to finish when you are really enjoying a book. And he didn't know that at the end of the book was a list of other books that the bishop has written. And so when he finished and he got to the end, it was like a gold mine has been opened up to him. And then he went to the pastor who gave him that book and says, please reveal to me. You see, he said, reveal to me your source, your secrets. Amen. Amen. And he was begging him to give him access to these books. Hallelujah. Now, when you don't have certain eyes and when you don't have certain understanding, you will not even seek the access to these books. Hallelujah. But this morning, we want to make these books also available to everyone. Everyone ought to have this book. Now, I believe most of you have the Macarios, and if you have the Macarios, you have a copy of the book. Now, for those of you who don't have copies of the books, we have some few copies here so that are going to go around, and it's 50, how much is it? Okay, can you say it aloud? Just so, it's so discounted, you know, it's discounted so you can afford it. So, if you don't have a copy of the book, just lift up your hand and then... Um, she will make a copy available to you. You ought to have a copy of the book. You ought to have one. Uh, Now, is there anyone here who truly you cannot afford to buy a book? You can't afford it. You are unemployed. You are a student. You don't have a job. And you you don't have the money to afford a copy of the book. If there's anyone here like that, lift up your hand. Let me see. Is there anyone here like that? You cannot afford to get a copy of the book. Is there anyone? Because I'll make sure that you get a copy of the book. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. That means I believe everyone has a copy because we are going to read. We are all going to read the book. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Okay. So today we want to continue. Last week we began reading from chapter 14. That is where we are starting chapter number 14 of the book, Why Non-Tithing Christians Become Poor and How Tithing Christians Can Become Rich. Amen. Amen. How many of you are here who want to be rich? 
you want to be rich. Well, there are some few people, you'll be amazed that there are some few people who don't want to be rich. Now, how many of you are here who want to be rich? Father, look at these hands. And by the pronouncement of my words, make these hands richer hands. Make them richer. Make them richer. Let them be givers in the name of Jesus. Let them give thousands. Transform their giving in the name of Jesus. Receive that. Receive that blessing. Hallelujah. Please be seated. You know, there are some people who don't understand and to whom the words of a minister mean nothing. But when God wanted to bless the people of Israel, he said to the pastors, he says, in this way, when God wanted to bless the children, he says, in this way shall you speak to the children. And he, God, will bless them. He said, bless them in this way, the pastor. Amen. God hears the words of his messenger and he performs it. Hallelujah. That is why the words that come from my mouth should mean a lot to you. Amen. So this afternoon, we are sharing how Titus fulfilled the laws of wealth creation. How Titus fulfilled the laws of wealth creation. Now, we shared from last week how that wealth is not as simple as people perceive it. Wealth does not come the way that you may think it comes because wealth is not made by man. Amen. Amen. Wealth is not man's creation. Now, I want you to take this message very seriously because God does not want you to be poor. If you have been in our church for a while, you will realize that we don't talk about wealth. We don't talk about money. In our church, you hear about salvation. We hear about serve the Lord, kill yourself for Jesus, become a pastor, become a shepherd, so winning, do something for the Lord. You can do more. These are the things you hear. You hear about suffering, losing, dying. These are the things, sacrificing. These are the things you will hear in our church. Amen. Amen. But you see, as we do these things, as we do these things, we are one of the richest churches alive. Amen. Amen. And you are one of the richest church members alive today. You don't believe that. I said, you don't believe that. You see, you are looking at your circumstances today. That is why the scripture assures you. It says, though thy beginnings, thy beginnings, right now, current situation, they be small, yet thy latter end. You see, today you are looking at your circumstances. And so you need a scripture to encourage you that your latter end is going to greatly increase. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we don't talk a lot about wealth. But as we do these things, as we just obey the scriptures, as we do the things the Lord directs us to do, we see wealth coming to us. And the reason is because wealth is not the way you see it. Wealth is not by man. Hallelujah. When you look at people who have so much money, sometimes you look at certain people 
who don't serve God, who don't even believe in the Lord. And they are so wealthy. You know, sometimes you, know, you, you don't know that, you know, their forefathers served the Lord. They believed the Lord. They followed the principles of the Lord. And wealth was made for them. And they are just swimming in the wealth. Do you understand? You see, there are so many rich people in this nation, so many rich people in Europe, and not so many rich people in certain parts, other parts of the world. You understand? Because these parts, these parts of the world, are, there were churches. They were serving God. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Foundations of wealth had been laid in these places. Whereas others were worshipping rivers and worshipping crocodiles and doing all kinds of things, they were just becoming poorer and poorer. Do you understand? You see, you don't understand everything. So when you are here, just have an open heart and let the Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. Let the Lord bless you. Because as these nations serve God, God blesses them. Now... God has laid certain rules, certain laws for wealth, laws of wealth creation, and that is what we are learning, laws of wealth creation. Now, anyone who obeys, you see, God is true to his word, and anyone who obeys his word, who obeys the laws, if you follow the laws, you receive the outcome of believing or following the law. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, you may not even have a license. You may not have a license to drive. Do you understand? But if you learn how to drive and you obey the laws on the road, you may never be caught. <laughs> and you will look like a very safe driver. You look a very experienced driver. You may have driven for 30 years. And never been caught. And no one will know that you don't have a license. Because you obey the laws. Because you speed in the right speed zone. You go the right way. You turn at the right places. You do not enter a place where it says do not enter. And as long as you obey the laws, you are safe to drive. Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you. So, if you obey the laws of God for wealth creation... You will be wealthy. And that is what happens to many people. That is what you don't understand. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? You say, I serve God. I pray. I fast. I come to church all the time. I do all kinds of things. And I'm not wealthy. But this person does not serve God. This person does not, is not even born again. You know, for well, the laws of wealth creation here, we don't even talk about born again. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So if someone believes these laws, anyone can take this book and read the laws and follow the laws and the person will be wealthy. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But for you, God is more interested in your salvation more than the wealth. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But this morning, we are sharing about laws of wealth creation. And as long as you obey these laws, as long as you follow these laws, you'll be wealthy. And that is why many people follow these laws. Many people obey these laws and they are wealthy. 
We talk about the legendary wealth of the Jews. They follow the laws. They follow the laws of giving. They follow the laws of wealth creation. And so they are wealthy. They follow the, we- the laws by the book. And so they are wealthy. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So last week, we began sharing and we shared one of the laws. And we said, tithing Christians fulfill the law of humility, which creates wealth. Amen. And those of you who were not here, please, I encourage you to listen to the message. Uh, we shared so many things. We said that if you give tithe, if you give tithe, it's a sign of humility. It's a sign of humility. And anyone who has this virtue, if you have the virtue of humility, you put yourself in the wave of God, that you move with the movement of God. But when you are proud, then you are moving against God. He said, God resists the pride. If you are proud, you are moving against God. So tithe paying is a way of acquiring this virtue that puts you in the wave of God. Give the Lord a clap offering, somebody. Amen. Number two, we said, well, I think we shared number three. Isn't that so? We said tithing Christians fulfill the law of prioritization with wealth creation. Amen. It says tithing Christians fulfill the law of prioritization in wealth creation. And we read a scripture in Matthew 6 and verse 33, which all of you by now should know if you are in this church is, and you, 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 you have been here for a while. This is a scripture that you should know. It says, but seek ye first, you, seek ye first. Now, give me that scripture. Give me the scripture before that. Verse 32, verse 32, it says, for after all these things, after all these things, do the Gentiles seek? Gentiles are unbelievers. Gentiles are people don't, who don't seek the kingdom of God. He says, after all these things, do the Gentiles seek? What are the things that the Gentiles seek? They seek nice cars. They seek nice houses. They seek, they seek for good clothes. Isn't that so? Expensive clothes. Expensive shoes. They see for fat bank accounts. Unbelievers, this is all they are about. This is what they seek. And the Bible says, the Bible acknowledges that after these things, do the Gentiles seek? Gentiles want to do their hair all the time, different hairstyles. Then the Bible says, for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Amen. So, God is aware that you also want to drive a nice car. God is aware that you like nice clothes. God is aware that you also want to do your hair and change your hairstyles. Amen. He says, your heavenly father, you see, don't be in church and pretend as if you are holy and you, you know, when you see people driving nice cars, you see, look at these unbelievers. They don't care about God. All they care about is nice cars. Your father father in heaven says, stop, stop, stop. I know that you also have need of these things. As you are complaining, God says, I know that you also like these things. I know you like nice shoes. I know you like nice clothes. I know you like shopping. 
Amen. So don't, don't say that, oh, they are, they are worldly. They are this. They are this. They don't believe in God. And all they care about is the world. Nice house, nice cars. God says he knows that you also have need of these things. But then he cautions you in verse 33. He says, but you, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. Pursue after the kingdom of God. Let your heart go. This is prioritization. He says that don't let the seeking of these things in the world come first. You seek my kingdom first. I am the giver of wealth. I am the one who giveth the power to make wealth. He says, seek me first. You seek me first. When you find me, you find the power to make wealth. When you find me, you find the giver of silver and gold. When you find me, you find the one who blesses you and maketh you rich and addeth no sorrow to it. So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then after that, then he says, all these things, the things that he said you know he knows you need. They will be doing, they will be what? Added. Added to what? Added to the kingdom that you have found. So it cannot be added when there is nothing. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It is added when you have found something first. That is why prioritization is very important. Amen. Today, I want us to look at number two also. Tithing Christians fulfill the law of sowing and reaping, which creates wealth. Sowing and reaping, which creates wealth. He says, every farmer creates wealth for himself when he sows his seeds in the right season. Every farmer will create wealth for himself when he sows his seeds in the right season. Now he says, this is the oldest law of wealth creation, which is embodied in the principle of sowing and reaping. It is a very old law or old principle of wealth creation. And farmers of old did not know about macroeconomics or microeconomics. They didn't know anything about economics, but they believe in this principle that you ought to sow before you become wealthy. Amen. But you realize that a farmer can also decide that he doesn't have enough. He doesn't have enough to eat, and therefore, he cannot sow this season. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? A farmer can decide, well, this year, I don't have enough to sow, so I am not going to sow this season or this year. Now, what do you think is going to happen to him when the harvest time comes? There will be nothing to harvest. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? There will be nothing to harvest. So many people who escape sowing also escape the harvesting. When you set the sowing aside, you are setting aside also the harvesting. Hallelujah. So no matter how much the farmer harvests, no matter how much he reaps, he has to reserve a portion to sow for the next season. No matter how much you have, 
If you look at how much you have and say you are not going to sow, then the season of harvest will come when you will reap nothing. Amen. In the same way, you cannot also say, I don't earn enough money, so I do not sow a seed of tithing. You cannot say that. It is important, it is necessary for you to reserve that that the Lord requests for you to sow. Else, the season of harvest will come and you will have nothing. Hallelujah. Meanwhile, when the season of harvest comes, you are expecting to harvest. You are expecting an increase. You are expecting promotion. Hallelujah. You see, sowing is always difficult. Sowing is a period when there's difficulty. If you realize, even for the farmer, the time of sowing is the time when they have eaten all that they harvested. And during the time of sowing, there is not much in abundance. Have you not realized that? There is not much in abundance. And so sowing is a period where it is difficult. Whatever seed you have at a time of sowing is very precious to you. It is precious to you because you need it. And God knows that. God knows that at a time of sowing, the farmers have eaten a lot. It's usually not the harvest time. And so there is not much in abundance. And they have very little. But they are expected to sow. Those seasons, the seeds are very precious. And so Psalm, Psalm 126 verse 6. Psalm 126 verse 6. Verse 5 says, verse 5, let's read verse 5. It says, they that sow in tears shall do what? They will reap in joy. So sowing is always in tears. You are always sowing in tears. Sowing is a time of hard work. It is difficult. You till the land, you roll the land, you water the land, you do all kinds of things. It's a difficult time. And so also is your tithe. The time that you are sowing is always difficult. Have you not realized that when you receive large sums of money, many eaters arise and makes it very difficult for you to sow? Verse 26 says, verse, uh, verse 6 in Psalm 126, it says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, at the time of sowing, your seed is very precious. At the time of sowing, what you have in your hand to sow is very precious. And it says, he that goeth forth and weepeth. You are weeping. Sometimes you are standing here as you are paying your tithe. There are so many bills running through your head. And you are putting it in. To something that you don't even understand. You don't even know why. Except that the Lord says, do that. Amen. But it says, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless, say doubtless, doubtless. say doubtless, doubtless, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Amen. You will doubtless return with the harvest. 
you will doubtless return with an increase. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? So everyone who pays tithe sows a seed and qualifies for a harvest. Amen. The scriptures here is saying Luke 6 and verse 38. Luke 6 verse 38. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Give and it shall be given unto you. I mean, you don't understand it. If I give to you, you receive. You receive more. And I don't know how giving shall be given unto me. When I give, I decrease. Isn't that so? That is our understanding. And that is why you do not control wealth. Because that is what your mind teaches you. But you are not the one who controls wealth. You are not the one who made the laws of wealth creation. The one who gives wealth has made laws of wealth creation. He says, for wealth to come to you, you must give. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Not small, but he says, good measure. A good measure. Pressed down. Shaking together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. Hallelujah. For with the same measure that ye met with all, it shall be measured to you again. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you see, we don't understand. We don't understand, but this is the law of the one who made wealth. This is the law of the one who made wealth, who created wealth. The one who giveth wealth. This is his law. And he says, if you want to be wealthy, then obey this law. That is why many people who are givers are rich. Oh, yes. Countries which give, they are never poor. The receivers are always poor. Because they don't have to give. They don't give. It is the law of the one who made wealth. He says, if you give wealth, all the countries which are rich, they give. They give. They give a lot. And you think that as they are giving, they are going to be poor. Sometimes when they give a certain amount of money, and then you hear, even in their own countries, what is going on, you think they should be poor. But they give all over, and they are still wealthy. Hallelujah. You see, there is something about giving that you don't understand. But the one who made wealth understands. There is something about sowing. He says, the one who made wealth has devised a principle of sowing and reaping. Amen. Amen. When you sow, when you sow, when the farmer sows a seed, he puts the seed in the ground. He digs down and puts the seed in the ground. Now, it looks as if it's waste. It looks as if it's lost. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you, church, this afternoon? I want all of your attention. When you are sowing seeds and you put the seed on the ground, you don't know what happens to it. You don't know what happens to it. You dig down and you put the seed there, precious seed. You put it in the ground and then you cover it and then you leave. But the one who giveth the increase, the one who maketh wealth, the one who gives back what you have sown, he does something to the seed. 
Under the ground, there is something that is doing to the seed. You don't see it. You don't understand. Something is being done to the seed. Something is working on the seed. The seed disintegrates. The seed breaks down. It's as if you have lost it. But you turn around again. And that same seed that you put to the ground, you see it bringing forth and coming forth and bringing leaves and then growing and then growing. And that one seed that you put in the ground, for some reason, it just rises up and it bringeth forth much fruits. Much fruits. And you have no impact on it. You have no input on it. You don't do anything to the seed. But the one who created wealth is something he does to the seed that you put to the ground. And that is why sowing always is a means to be wealthy. And he says, this is one of the laws. And people who sow, people who give, they always receive back. Amen. You can look into your own life. You can look into your own life and assess it and apply the scripture to it and say you are not a giver. Because you are not a giver, you assess your life and see you earn much. You earn much. But you have little. And those who give, they are always wealthy. John 12 and verse 24, it says, verily, verily. You see, I told you, God has not put any word in the scriptures for nothing. Jesus was talking and he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, accept, accept. You see, the one who made wealth, he's giving, he said, accept a corn of wheat, fall into the ground. Except you give, except you let go, what you have, is it abideth alone. He says, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, and die. You, when you give, you have to let go. When you give, it as, as if it is dead. Leave it to die and walk away. Many people, when you sow seeds in the church, when you pay your tithe, you are expecting certain things. Amen. You are expecting certain things. Why have we paid tight and this? Why have we paid tight and that? Why have he said when you give, let it go, it goes into the ground and it dies. It dies. But the Bible says, but if it dieth, if you let it go and it dies, it bringeth forth. Much fruit. Much fruit. Much fruit. You see, that is why, you see, I am taking time to explain these things to you because there are many of you also who tithe and you don't receive the increase. Because when you tithe, your eyes are still on the seed. The seed has not died. The seed has not gone from you. Your eyes are still on the seed. When you see a pastor's car, that's my tithe going. When you see a pastor's tie, that's my tithe. When you see a pastor's shoes, that's my tithe. When you see the pastor's wife has done her hair, that's my tithe. Hey! So your, your eyes are on the seed. Your eyes are on the, the seed has not died. And as long as the seed has not died, it abided alone. Amen. 
But when you let it die, when you let it go, I have given. You see, that is why you don't take any account of a man of God. When you pay your tithe, leave that man of God to deal with God. Leave that man. You see, for this reason, many people don't go to church. Oh, these people, they want my money. When they take all this tithe, what do they do with it? Let it go. It is not your work. It is not. You leave God to deal with his money. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. But your eyes are on the seed and it never dies. And as long as the seed doesn't die, it abided. It abided. I did not hear you. It abided. Hallelujah. The next one, it says, Titan Christians fulfill the law of emulation, which creates wealth. Titan Christians fulfill the laws of emulation, which creates wealth. Hallelujah. He says, that ye be not slothful, Hebrews 6 verse 12, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Followers of them. You have to follow certain people who through faith, who through faith, and patience have inherited the promises. Hallelujah. Now it says, emulation is the art of copying. It's the art of copying something that others are doing. Amen. 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 There is an economist by name of Abramovitz, Moses Abramovitz. He spoke of surging forward and catching up with those ahead. Now, catching up with those ahead means Following them and catching up. Isn't that so? This is emulation and is what rich nations did to become wealthy. Many rich nations, the way they became wealthy was to follow other rich nations. Copy from what the rich nations are doing. Do the same things as the rich nations are doing. Hallelujah. You see, simply put, rich nations become rich by copying what successful nations around them did. Hallelujah. For instance, in 1957, when the Soviet Union stepped ahead of the world with a Sputnik program, which was a series of robotic spacecraft missions, America emulated the activities of Russia by setting up NASA the following year in 1958. So you realize that all these rich nations, they copy from one another. And they search forward. They catch up and they search forward. Countries like Korea, where they didn't know how to make cars, they decided to copy others who have made nice cars. And as they copied, they searched forward and they overtook them. And now they compete with the nations. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, this is a principle that you must learn. The ability to copy. The ability to copy. You see, if you are a pastor and you learn to copy. You see, one time I spoke to one of my favorite men of God. And he told me. He said, if you are a son of a rich man. You may not be rich. People may not treat you the same way like your father. But if you sit in your father's car. You know, rich people, their cars have all windows that you can't see who is sitting inside. Isn't that so? 
And whenever your father's car gets to a certain gate, it gets open. They know the car. It gets open. And so if you sit in a rich man's car, you may not be rich. You may not have power. But when you get to the gate, because of the car that you are sitting in, you can have the assurance that the gate will be open and people will salute you. And that is how it is with copying. When you are doing the same thing that a great person has done, you see yourself being admired and looked upon as a great person. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? When you start a business, you start a business and right from the scratch, right from the beginning, you are copying from someone who has been in the business for 35 years. Someone who has done this for 35 years, that person may have made a lot of mistakes. That person may have corrected many mistakes. That person may have gone through many difficulties and be established that he's still in business after 35 years. Now, if you begin to copy such a person, now you are doing the same thing that the person is doing, you will find yourself doing things as if you have been in the business for 35 years. Hallelujah. You see, that is why when you start on a job and you don't know the job, you always have to find yourself attached to someone who has been there for a long time and the boss likes him. Oftentimes, you will find people saying, oh, as for this person, he is the boss's this. He's the boss's that. He's the boss's this. He's the boss's that. If you attach yourself to that person, and you let that person train you, and you do things the way that person has done it, you'll find yourself that you just started on the job. You have been on the job for one month, but they look at your work, and it looks as if you have been on the job for 25 years because you are copying from a 25-year experienced worker. <laughs> Hallelujah. They look at you, and they think you have done this for 25 years. It is the wisdom of wealth creation. That is how you search forward. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, emulation is therefore a well-known strategy for developing wealth. Do what the rich people did to become rich. Do what they did to become rich. Don't bother with what they say. Just do what they did to become wealthy. Hallelujah. Don't bother with what they say. Our church is one church that is a copying church. When we see something that is good, we copy. And by the grace of God, it has brought us where we are today. Amen. And our father is not shy of telling us. He says, this thing that I'm doing, I copy from here. I copy from this man of God. I copy from this church. This one, you see, everything that we are doing, it has been done before. There is nothing new under the sun. So if you are going to use your life to experiment, if legendary wealth, if legendary wealth of Jews came about by giving, by tithing, and you want to be wealthy, then you'll be wise to copy what they have done. Be wise to copy what the wealthy has done. If they have paid tithe, and they do pay tithe, whether they believe or not, they do pay tithe. And because of that, they are wealthy. The house that you live in is owned by one of them. You don't even know. Because the only person you know is a super. 
Do you understand? But you don't know that the super works for another super. Amen. The richest building in this country, the richest organizations, the banks, the houses, even government houses that you find in all these monumental houses that have been built, they own them. And you must ask yourself, why? Why is it that these people, wherever they go, wherever they are, wherever they appear, they find themselves to be so wealthy, for which reason many people are jealous of them. And by the way, you are never rich until people are jealous of you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You are never, if nobody is jealous of you, you are not rich. And if people are jealous of you, People wish they were you. People don't like you because of where you are and what you are. Understand that this is the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. So stop complaining when people are jealous of you. It's a sign that you are blessed. It's a sign that you are wealthy. Hallelujah. He says, copying is most primitive and uninhibited form of learning. It is therefore nature's highest and best way of learning because it is the method created by God. Emulation or copying occurs throughout nature and leads to speedy development. Children develop so quickly because of copying. Children are looking at you and they are copying. They are looking at you and they are copying. And that is why you cannot learn a language, but a child can learn a language. Amen. Because when you are copying, you are embarrassed. You are too proud to show that you are copying. You see, many of you, many of you women don't know how to cook. But you don't want to copy from good cooks. Somebody brings food. When we are organizing some get-together and somebody brings food and the food is nice, you go and taste the food and the food is really nice. You go and come again. And then you ask, who cooked this food? And it's this lady that you don't like. Oh. Are you sure she cooked it? I think she ordered. She ordered it. She ordered it. She ordered it. But wise people, they copy. If you want to cook the same way that person did, the same way that person cooked, you must copy. You must go to the sister and say, Sister, did you make this stew? Did you make this rice? Did you make this soup? What did you put in it? And take your book and begin to write the ingredients. Take the number, take the list and write the ingredients. And then you go to the next step. He says, so how did you make it? He says, first, you put the rice in the water. He says, ah, but I've always put the water first and then when it's boiling, no, no, no. He said, don't do that. And then you say into your head, even she doesn't know that one, you don't take that one. You don't take that. We say, ah, did she really make that food? She's showing you how she made it to become the way you are tasting it. If you will learn exactly how she made it, your cooking will also come out the same way. Amen. You see, but many of you, you don't copy well. You don't copy well. She says, I did this, and I add this, and I say, ah, rice, when you do it like that, you will get crumpled. You can't, you, can't, you can't cook rice like that. As for me, I will do this first. Okay, go ahead, next step. And then you are taking, so you are missing a certain step with your own knowledge. 
And that is what we do with our tithe. You see, the legendary wealth of the Jews, they came about by tithing. They are giving their 10% of what they earn. Now, if you are tithing and you are not copying exactly, and you are giving 9.8%, and as you are coming, you took part of it to pay for your taxi because I am going to church, and the Lord understands that this is the only way I can come to church, and so you are taking a part of your tithe for your Uber, that is not tithing. And so you come here, you are not copying. You are not copying. It is in line with the tithe. I am going to the Lord's house. So tithe is tight. If it is for the Lord, it's for the Lord. Church is for the Lord. So even as I'm sitting in this car and I'm going, some of you, you use your tithe to pay for your gas and your toes. You don't understand my message. I should stop preaching. You don't like my message. Preaching, no. Preaching, no. You see, some people don't like the preaching because it's choking you. It's spoken you. Can I get a shout for the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. He says the Jews are known for their legendary wealth. They are actually hated because of their success and riches. One of the chief practices of Jews is tithing. It is their chief practice. It is one of their chief practice. They tithe. They give. They sow the seed. They honor what belongs to the Lord. They may not even go to church. They don't go to the synagogue. But they tithe. Their fathers have taught them that to be wealthy, the giver of wealth says, give me this portion. It is holy unto me. It belongs to me. And they believe it. And they tithe. And they are the wealthiest in the world. Amen. We don't have time to list the wealthiest in the world. Hallelujah. It says, tithing, therefore, is an activity of the legendary rich. It is an activity. And when we talk about the legendary rich, we're talking about the Jews. They are wealthy. They are rich. They own buildings. Amen. Amen. If you want to be rich, you must emulate rich people. Hallelujah. I am sure whoever is reading this book has a desire to be successful and even rich, including myself. I say including moi. I have a desire to be successful and rich also. Why don't you emulate the Jews whose legendary wealth has brought them such fame and jealousy? Hallelujah. Say the Bible teaches about emulation in the scripture that we read. It says that ye be not slothful, but followers of them. Be followers of them. Followers. Learn from them. Who through faith and patience. It ought to be with faith and patience. Through faith and patience. So it's teaching us that we ought to follow the same people who through faith and patience have received the promises. They have succeeded in what they did. Hallelujah. Famous Bible characters like Abraham and Jacob tithe. And they were wealthy. Yes. And this is what their children are doing as well. 
Solomon, the richest man who ever lived, practiced tithing. And he's the wisest man who ever lived. And I believe he also didn't understand tithing. But you are too wise. You are wiser than Solomon. And you think you understand tithing. And your understanding of tithing is that we are making the pastors rich. That is your understanding of tithing. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Can I have an amen? Amen. He says, Solomon, the wisest, the richest man who ever lived, practiced tithing. Is it any wonder to you if tithing is recommended as a practice that can lead to wealth? It's no wonder. After all, the rich, successful people whom you wish to be like practice tithing. Amen. So when you are copying, you are becoming like the one that you are copying. And it is a wise thing to learn to copy. You can choose to say that, oh, this is an old timer. You can choose to say that this is an archaic. This is an archaic thing. Many people don't pay tithe because they say that it's an Old Testament thing. Have you heard that before? Have you not heard that before? That they say it's an Old Testament thing. And so Jesus didn't preach on tithe. Jesus did talk about tithe. But today is not the time for me to show you. I'll show you that scripture. Amen. Many people say that it's an Old Testament thing. And so it does not apply to us today. But I think all such people are hypocrites. I say all such people are hypocrites. Because they believe in the Old Testament promises. They believe in the Abrahamic promises and blessings. They don't say they are Old Testament promises and they don't believe in them. Amen. So they are just liars. And they are just people who just want to find reason or they are deceived by the enemy. And they find reason to justify what they say. Hallelujah. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So Jews today continue to tithe just like their ancestors in the Old Testament. They continue to tithe and we see the results. We see the results of their wealth. We see the results of their practice of this archaic principle. This Old Testament principle, we see it in the modern Jews today as they continue to tithe. And today they are the richest people in the world. Hallelujah. Jews are among the richest people in the world. Many people do not like to tithe because they don't want to tithe. And the giver of wealth is saying that this portion belongs to me. This part belongs to me. He said, if you keep that seed, that seed that you have, it will abide with you alone. Amen. Amen. Beloved, let us be wise. You know, there are certain things that you may not understand. There are certain things that you may, not understand, you may not know. You don't understand why you can speed in a 65 area. There's no car. You can speed. You can drive 95 miles per hour and nothing. And you know yourself. You have done it before. But you can do it 95 miles per hour. Nothing will happen. But there's a law. There's a post. No one is there. There's a post that is standing there. And it says do it 65 miles per hour. You may not understand. 
But if you do it 65 miles per hour, though you don't understand, no one will stop you. No one will stop you. You may not, your license may have expired. Your registration may have expired. Your, your, your inspection may have expired. As long as you stick to the law, as long as you stick to the law, you'll get to your destination. Amen. Beloved, let us be wise. Let us be wise. We may not understand. We may not understand it all. We don't know how, what happens to the seed that we put in the ground. We may not understand. Science cannot explain to us all of it. Science can explain how the seed that is in the ground disintegrates and it breaks down. But how that same seed now brings forth a leaf and brings forth a shoot and brings forth branches. How that same seed is fed, is fed, is fed and it grows. And that same seed, that one seed that you put in the ground now brings forth many fruits. And when you take one fruit, there are many, many seeds in that just one fruit. No one can explain it. But the one who art, he says, yes, you will sow. You will water. But the increase, it comes from the Lord. Yeah. The giver of wealth. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Let us bring the service to a close. We will pause here and we we'll continue next time that we meet. We thank you. We are grateful. As we obey these laws, as we obey the scriptures, though we may not understand, we do not understand. We don't understand why the giving of your son has brought so much. We don't understand why the giving of just one son has brought forth many fruits had brought salvation to millions. But Lord, you gave your son. And today, many souls have been saved. The same way, Lord, we may not understand why you say we should give the tenth of the first fruits. We don't understand why you say we should give of our first fruits. Why we should give of our tenth to you. But Lord, as we obey this principle, as we give to you, he said, prove me herewith if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out and pour out and pour out. Lord, we will believe in your word. We 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 believe. We believe. We believe you exist. We believe in your word. That when we sow, when we sow, something that you do to the sea, something that you do to the sea, Lord, we do not understand. We may sow in the ground and it disintegrates and it dies. But there is something that you owe Jehovah that you do to the seed that we sow. It's given, we give it out. But you say, as we give, it shall be given back to us. A good measure, 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 a good measure. Press down, press down, shake it together. And it shall be running over. Oh yes. And grateful. We thank you Lord. For your word this afternoon. We thank you Lord. That as we obey your word oh God. You are moving us. From wealth to wealth. We are going forward. As we are copying. We are searching forward. 
as we are coping we are moving forward father you say you will set us above you will set us on high father it is your promise and as we obey your laws of world creation father we find ourselves surging forward we we find ourselves sitting at the high places of the earth sitting at the high places like jacob oh god as he died you say he will sit at the high places of the earth in the name of jesus lord we thank you for your word there are things that we do not understand there are many things that we do not understand but you the giver of wealth the one who giveth the power to make wealth we say promotion our promotion our increase it does not come from the east it does not come from the west our promotion does not come from the south but you jehovah you are a true god you are a true god we say every good gift it cometh from above every good gift there is nothing that we have that we did not receive that is why we obey the words of truth we obey your word we obey your principles and lord as we obey these principles let these blessings come after us you say that you open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing let the windows of heaven be open upon your children let the windows of heaven be open upon our lives in the name of jesus wherever we go may the windows of heaven not be closed over our lives you say bring ye all the time into my storehouse that there will be meat in my house and lord you say if we fulfill this promise if we obey this promise if we will truly tithe if we will bring you the tenth of our increase your promise you say prove me herewith challenge me herewith change me check on me herewith prove me and test me herewith if i will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough in your life to contain them may there be no room enough in your life to contain the blessings of god there shall not be room enough to contain your blessings as you tithe as you give to the lord as you obey his principles his laws of wealth creation there will be no room enough in your life to contain them father may you surprise your children you say prove me here with may you surprise your children in the name of jesus i am speaking to wealthy children i am speaking to prosperous children i am speaking to wealthy children legendary wealth let it be their portion in the name of jesus though their beginnings be small today lord we are not looking at our circumstances we are not looking at our surroundings we are not looking at the east we are not looking at the west we are not looking at the south our eyes are lifted onto the hills our eyes are lifted onto the kodesh where the power of wealth comes from we give you praise we give you honor in the name of jesus amen amen now with all eyes closed and every head bow you are here this afternoon you are not born again you have not given your life to Christ. Though you've been here Sunday after Sunday, center meetings, but you feel in your heart that if you were to die today, you don't know where you are going. Today, I want to give you that opportunity to make that choice, to assure yourself that if Christ were to come today, or if you were to die today, you can secure your place with him in heaven. Today, I want to give you the opportunity
to receive Jesus as your personal savior so if you are here today you are not born again you are here today you are not born again you have not given your life to Jesus perhaps you do so many things in church perhaps you sacrifice so much but you are not born again if that is you I want to give you that opportunity lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you is there anyone here like that you are not born again you are saying pastor pray with me I want to receive Jesus as my Savior I want to give my life to Jesus I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior is there anyone here like that lift up your hand and I'll pray with you is there anyone here like that anyone here like that you want to give your life to Jesus father we are grateful we are thankful we give you honor we thank you lord for the gift of salvation Amen. we thank you lord that you gave us your only begotten son Amen. lord if it was just one person alive on earth Jesus. you would have still sent your son Amen. that is how precious salvation is Jesus. therefore lord we thank you Amen. that there is nothing that we can give in exchange for our souls we are grateful that we have found Christ in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Brian Nkrumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.